Welcome to another Ambushed Podcast. Let's get it started. there you go. It only took me a baker's dozen number of podcasts, 13, before I finally got around to making a little intro music for you. But there it is. I think every so often I might change it up. So it won't always be the same. So we'll see how it goes. All right. But if you've been listening, thank you for listening yet again. This one is called uh, Cartoon Jesus. That sounds interesting, right? But um, before we dive in, just want to say if you like what you're hearing, maybe go ahead and give me a review or a rating on iTunes, or even just send me a message about something that you would like to hear me talk about. I'll do a little research and then riff about it. Or in the next couple weeks, in all honesty, I hope to be having a few interviews with people, which I haven't done yet, but I think I've found a collection of few people that really seem to have, in each way, their own little speciality, their own little niche, their, their own specific thing that I thought would be really interesting. So keep listening in the future. I think you're going to be really entertained and at the same time, maybe educated, educated and same. So let's get started. Why would I want to call this cartoon Jesus, right? That's a interesting title. And I think it comes down to, um, it, it's kind of born out of one question. And it's a question I've got a number of times. And it's, why is it? that it seems like there's so many people who are disenfranchised with Christian spirituality. Which is a wonderful question. It's a probing one too, and it's not one to be taken lightly. But it comes down to cartoons. Or a caricature, you know? That, oh man, we're diving right in already. So here we go is that we often are provided a cartoon or a caricature of Jesus or God. And I think it really um, needs to be said this one thing, is that Jesus does not look like us. Now, of course, when you go back and you read the New Testament and those passages, you do see that he was at least a man, a human. Yes, we share that in common. 
But I think in a lot of other ways, we are dealing with a whole generation that has been shown a Jesus that's not attractive. And by saying attractive, what I really mean is a Jesus that isn't honest. A Jesus that doesn't really look much like the Jesus of the New Testament. It's a cartoon. And even worse, mm, the Jesus that maybe we preach more than we should is a Jesus that really looks a lot like us and not the other way around. So I have found not terribly long ago on Netflix, there was a whole bunch of George Carlin stand-ups, the comedian who passed away. And I'll be honest, I didn't watch any of the stand-ups because I was laughing. I watched most of them because I thought that he had some really astute observations about culture, about American society, and about how people operate in this new technological world, right? But during one of his rants, and he does so many of them, but they're all really wonderful. They're so well thought out. But in one of them, he came down to one sentence that has always stuck out to me. And it was that George Carlin <laughs> said in front of a massive crowd that he was sick of being told whose heroes should be. He was sick of being told who his heroes should be. Because let's be honest, in music and media and TVs and commercials and billboards and magazines, all of these things are trying to tell us who to look up to. And often it's really just comes down to somebody's either a really great entertainer or somebody's very rich. Those are the people you should look up to. But then when George Carlin was looking at some of these people, he realized that, man, a lot of these entertainers, a lot of these rich people, a lot of these public figures have all got dark sides. And maybe they really should not be esteemed as the saints of American culture. Because when you look a little deeper, they really aren't worth looking up to. And so there comes a shifting point when you have to ask yourself, do I want to keep having the heroes that I'm told should be my heroes? Or am I going to divert and start listing for myself who I think I should be looking up to. Hmm. You see, I think we're dealing with a whole generation of people that have been raised to take a cartoon of Jesus and to make it their hero. Let me say that again. We're dealing with a whole generation who have been told to make a cartoon of Jesus, their hero. But it's a Jesus that doesn't look like the Jesus of the New Testament. It's a Jesus that looks very much like us. 
in the way that he acts. And of course, people dismiss that or they turn away from it or they're tired of it. They see through it and they know that some churches aren't preaching the right Jesus. In fact, one of my favorite second quotes is from Blaise Pascal, the mathematician, who said that God made us in his image and then we returned the favor. In essence, that God made us to look like him and we were so thankful that we turned around and decided to make God in our image. I understand the critique where people say that religion is really just projecting ourselves onto someone else in a super form. You know, like God is just a mass projection of ourselves. We're powerful, but God's super powerful. We're kind of knowing, but God's super knowing. We're kind of present, but God's super present. In all of those ways, God is a super projection of ourselves. I can understand that people don't like that. God holds grudges, so... I mean, sorry, if we hold grudges, then God, that means God must hold grudges as well in a super form. We get impatient, so maybe that means God gets impatient as well. So we have an issue circling us. And we have to ask ourselves whether or not we are creating a cartoon of religion. And it's not necessarily that people nowadays are dismissing the actual faith. It's whether or not they are dismissing a cartoon of the faith. Now, how do I know that we have a cartoon or that maybe some spheres in American culture does? Is that it comes down to this. Is that I think we sometimes forget that Jesus would be the first in line to criticize America, to critique it, to point out its faults in the places where it needs to work harder. Now, why do I say this? It's because Jesus in his own day had no problem critiquing Israel, his own nation. In that way, he was just like all of the prophets of the Old Testament. They did not shudder at critiquing their own people by saying that they were unjust, that they had a preferential treatment for the rich or the beautiful. You read the Old Testament prophets and you realize, oh my goodness, they did not shrink from saying you are addicted to war. You are addicted to money, to prestige, to power. And so when we have a Jesus that doesn't say anything about those things and is instead a Jesus that is only about forgiveness and mercy, but not about holding people accountable or trying to raise the bar, then you know that we are dealing with a cartoon of Jesus that looks more like us or is at least a cartoon of Jesus that doesn't threaten us 
that doesn't challenge us, that doesn't provoke us or, or shove us into the midst of reality. You see, I think some people walk away from Jesus because they've been shown a Jesus that fits the world's mode, mold. <laughs> Let me start over. It, it comes down to, I think some people walk away from Jesus because they have been shown a Jesus that fits the world's mold, but not a Jesus that breaks the mold. Because those two things are very different. It's wonderful to sit down and read these ancient manuscripts that point towards a time when God met humanity in the form of a blue-collar carpenter. That's not bad at all. But when you start to highlight passages and prefer to only read the passages that make you comfortable and avoid the other passages about Jesus that call for truth and justice and mercy, then you're no longer looking at a full picture. Maybe a lot of people have walked away from the faith because they see a Christianity that cares more about the Ten Commandments than it does about the Beatitudes. Which, what are the Beatitudes? That's the passages in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, Blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who hunger for righteousness. Blessed are the people that just want life to be right. Blessed are the people who are persecuted, the ones that are picked on for trying to live a life of faith and integrity. It's a scary thing when you realize that we have been perpetuating a view of the faith that makes us want to run towards celebrities and the rich and the powerful and the entertainers rather than run towards the poor and the hungry and the naked and those that need to be picked up again. A cartoon Jesus. Maybe that's really what people are dismissing. I don't know. I could be wrong, but it is a thought. And so as a treat, I have at the very end of this, a song for you. So I recorded this and it's not my own, but it's from a man named Todd Agnew who wrote some songs um, back in the day. I don't think he writes as much as he used to, if at all. But he has a song called My Jesus, and I changed some of the words to instead of being you to say our, to identify with the audience. But the whole song is in some sense controversial because it asks the question, which Jesus do you follow? A Jesus that's the real Jesus or the Jesus that's maybe a cartoon that's more shaped to look like us 
rather than to challenge us. So here it is. I hope you enjoy it. Maybe you don't ever want to hear me sing or play again. And if that's the case, you just let me know. But at least I tried, right? So here's the song, and then it's going to fade out. We'll catch you next time. Like you.